Hello, everyone. I'm Andrew, and I'm Cassie, and you're listening to the Culips English Podcast. Welcome back to Culips. You're listening to Simplified Speech, the Culips series, which features clear, natural, and easy to understand English conversations about interesting topics. Today, I am joined by my co-host Cassie. Hello, Cassie. Hey, Andrew, and hi, listeners. The topic for today's episode is "Where did you grow up?" Andrew and I are going to answer this question and chat about the neighborhoods where we grew up and what they were like. Exactly. Now, this topic may sound a little familiar to some of our listeners because. Cassie and I recently covered it on our latest Culips member live stream. So if you're out there and you are a Culips member and you missed that live stream, well, then you can go and log on to your Culips account and watch the replay because we shared a lot of pictures during that live stream.、Uh, video has、uh, the amazing power, right? We can share images and words, not just. Uh, words like on the podcast, and I think sometimes pictures say a thousand words. Right, that is the expression, Cassie. Pictures say a thousand words. So if you're a Culips member, don't miss it. Go watch that replay. But Cassie, our conversation was so fun during the live stream that I thought we could continue our chat here in an episode of Simplified Speech and share some stories about where we grew up with. The entire Culips community. Yeah, totally. Let's do it. But of course, before we get started, I want to let everyone know that there is a study guide and a transcript that you can get for this episode on our website, Culips.com. It's available for all Culips members, and it's a great study resource that we created to help you build your English skills and reach your English learning goals faster. To become a Culips member and get that unlimited access to all our study guides, plus some great bonuses like invitations to our monthly live streams that Andrew mentioned just a second ago, just visit Culips.com. We also want to give a shout out to one of our listeners and Instagram followers from Guatemala named Kirstel. Now, Kirstel wrote to us and said. I'm a huge fan of your podcast. I can sincerely say your work is extraordinarily wonderful. Learning with you guys makes my life easier and more amusing. I wholeheartedly thank you all for this exquisite goldmine. By the way, I wish one day I would receive a greeting from you guys. Best regards from Guatemala. Well, Cristal, thank you for that lovely message, and here we are giving you a shout out now on Culips. So, thank you for studying English with us, and thank you for such a kind message. Yeah, you have a way with words. Goldmine, exquisite, extraordinary, wonderful. It was great to listen to. Yeah, very good adjectives in that message. Anyway, and thanks to everyone who has been supporting us with a five-star rating and a review on your favorite podcast app, or by following us on social media. We really appreciate it, guys. And now, 
Andrew, I think we are ready to jump in and start our discussion about the places we grew up. Yeah, let's do it. So the topic for today's conversation is we are going to talk about the neighborhoods where we grew up in. Now, I am from Canada originally, and I grew up in a town called Kelowna, BC. And Cassie, you are from the States. Could you tell us the name of, of your hometown? Yes, mine is a teeny tiny hometown in uh, Pennsylvania, and it's called Mount Gretna. Mount Gretna. Is there a mountain in your hometown? Why is it called Mount Gretna? My hometown is actually in the mountain, inside the forest on that mountain. <laughs> All right. So I guess my first question that I was going to ask you, Cassie, you kind of already mentioned it because I wanted to know if your hometown and your neighborhood was in a big city or in the suburbs or in the countryside. But you said it was a teeny tiny little place. So I'm imagining that it's in the countryside. Is that correct? Or I guess on the mountain more specifically. Yeah, that's right, Andrew. Uh, my tiny hometown is on the mountain in the forest, but all of the area surrounding that little mountain forest is farmland. So I am very much in the countryside. Great. And what kind of place is it? Can you tell us what it's like to, to live there and to grow up there? Yeah, sure. So my hometown is kind of a unique place, Andrew. It's actually a tourist destination. Okay. So you have many visitors, many travelers coming to your little town, uh, I imagine in the summer? Yes, in the summer. Andrew, I don't know if you know much about U.S. geography, but Pennsylvania is right below New York, and it's kind of, it's in the north, but it's not, you know, super north like Canada, and it's nowhere near the south. So we get four seasons, and uh, we're like an hour and a half outside the big cities, like Philadelphia, Harrisburg, like that. So my hometown is kind of a destination spot for city dwellers, people who want to get out of the city and experience nature. And it's also a destination spot for retirees who live in Florida in the winter and then come up north for the summer when it's too hot uh, down <laughs> south. That's really interesting because in Canada, we have people who go to Florida in the winter, they leave in the winter, and then they come back to Canada in the summer when the weather is nicer. Uh, Cassie, do you have a special nickname for those people who, who do that in your hometown? Uh, not really, but we just kind of treat them like snow geese um, because that's what <laughs> birds do. <laughs> yeah, that's funny because that is what we call them. We call those people snowbirds. So, uh, okay. Yeah, they leave Canada in the winter and then they come back in the summer. Interesting. So yeah. then I guess probably it sounds like your hometown is pretty sleepy and quiet most of the year, but it probably really comes alive in the summer. Yeah. So in my street where I grew up on, I think there were only 
two or three houses that had full-time residents, and the rest of them were just empty all spring, winter, and fall. And, and then they're filled to the max in the summer. It's really crazy to, you know, walk down the street and see no one in the winter and then, you know, just so many loud noises going on in the summer. It's uh, pretty crazy. Sounds almost like a ghost town in the winter. It is. We always made a joke in the winter that we could uh, scream on our street. No one would hear us, which is kind of scary to think about. <laughs> so was it lonely growing up there then? Like, were there other kids to play with at all? Honestly, no. So luckily, I have two sisters and we did everything together after school. Um, we loved school, actually, because it was a place to go play with our friends. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And you told me before that you didn't have a, a school in your community. So you actually had to take a bus to a different town to, to go to school, right? Yeah, exactly. I think it was about a 30-minute bus ride. Mm. And this is actually really crazy, Andrew. We have less than 1,500 full-time residents in that town. And, you know, only a fraction of those residents are kids. And our town is actually right on the boundary line for three different school districts. So the kids in our little town actually all go to different schools. <laughs> so even the, you know, two or three kids that I knew in the area didn't even go to my school because they lived <laughs> across the lake, which was, uh, you know, a different school district than mine. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. So even the same <laughs> same kids from the same town are going to different schools in the end. That's pretty yep. funny. Now, you mentioned that you have a lake in your hometown, and that is one of the things that maybe we share in common because there is... Uh, a lake in, in my neighborhood in the suburb that I grew up in as well. So uh, why don't you tell us about the lake? Uh, because it seems to be a pretty cool feature of your hometown. Yeah, I don't know when it was created, but this lake is swimmable. So in the summer, all of the tourists that flock to our hometown, like birds, um, they visit the lake and there's uh, a bunch of attractions there. They have a high dive so you can climb a ladder and then jump off a high platform into the water. They have a swing that you can swing out and then jump into the water. Uh, they have canoes that you can rent. Um, they have a kind of a sandy beach area. Of course, it, it's not a real beach, but they trucked in sand so kids could make sand castles. And <laughs> they have a volleyball net and a snack stand. It's pretty fun. So Cassie, you said something really interesting. You said, I don't know when this lake was created. So mm. that makes me think it's not a natural lake, that it's a man-made lake. Is that what happened? Did some people decide to make a lake <laughs> in your community? The water is naturally flowing into that lake, but so many things have been done to this lake, you know, with the, the beach being formed and the swings being added and the whole park area. 
um, that's what I meant by created in that sense. Okay, I see. So it was kind of built up and developed by some people to mm. make it uh, even more beautiful and even more fun when you visit. Yeah. Would you go to the lake often then in the summer to you know go swimming and maybe get a suntan or something like that to hang out on the beach? Unfortunately, in the summer, I never really went to the lake because it cost money. Can you believe that, Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> when you told me that before, I couldn't believe my ears. That just sounds so ridiculous. But I guess it's on private land, right? So the landowner can charge a fee to access the beach. And if I recall correctly, Cassie, when you mentioned this to me last time, you said it was $16 to go to the beach? Yeah. Am I remembering that correctly? It's correct, yeah. You can actually buy season passes or um, they, they give discounts sometimes. But if you're paying the full price, it's $16 a person. Pretty crazy, right? It's like the American capitalist spirit right there <laughs> yes. at, at, at the beach <laughs> in your hometown. To me, as a Canadian, I don't think I've ever heard of a private beach, although I wouldn't be shocked if they exist somewhere, but I've never heard of one. But that's that's pretty interesting. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it would really add up if you visited that beach often. Cassie, what about some of the other places in your hometown? Do you have any like museums or post office or like anything interesting or unique that sets your hometown apart from other communities in your state? Yeah, so our town was actually founded by this group called the Pennsylvania Chautauqua Society. It's a group of like philosophers, I guess. Um, it's a group of people who wanted to spread cultural activities and education and the arts. So my town is full of stuff that promotes that. We have a theater where people come to perform musicals and dramas. We have a tabernacle where they have live music festivals. We have a hall of philosophy where people used to come to you know discuss philosophical ideas <laughs> but now it's more just to have parties and events what else do we have there's so many things we have a gift shop ah my personal favorite we have a very famous ice cream shop which i worked at for seven years whoa seven years that's a long time Yes, I worked there all through high school and university. Haven't been back since then, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> did you get free ice cream? Um, I did. If we accidentally scooped the wrong flavor and we couldn't mm -hmm. sell it, then we'd put it in a bowl and stick it in the freezer and then eat it during our break time. <laughs> if I worked there, I would probably make a mistake on purpose every time. <laughs> so I could eat free ice cream every day. <laughs> we made fresh donuts too that were amazing. Man, uh, sounds like you grew up in a really cool place. I love that hall of philosophy. It sounds like something out of Harry Potter almost. Ah, uh, yeah, like the philosopher's stone. Yeah, it has that ring to it. I'm not sure, but I like that. 
Well, Cassie, um, I would encourage our listeners, if they want to check out what your hometown and your neighborhood, your community actually looks like, guys, you can just go to Google Maps and type in Mount Gretna and you can see many pictures of it. And it's really cool. Uh, I did this for Cassie's hometown and I kind of clicked around using the road view feature. And it's almost like you can do a walking tour. They have just lots of great images that you can check out on Google Maps. And so everyone, I would encourage you to go do that. And you can do your own virtual tour of Cassie's hometown and see how cool it is. So Cassie, we would be remiss if we didn't talk at least a little bit about my hometown before we wrap up. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) And one of the things that uh, we have in common, your hometown and, and my neighborhood, is a lake. Now, the topic for this episode is where did we grow up? And I grew up in a city. It has around 150,000 people. So it's not like a big city like, you know, Tokyo or New York or Chicago or LA or any of these big places. Okay, It's not a big city like that. But Cassie, it sounds like compared to your hometown, I grew up in a metropolis. Yeah, massive. So I'm going to talk just about the suburb where I grew up which is called Shannon Lake, Shannon Lake. Mm. And hence the name, we have a lake in the community named Shannon Lake. And I believe it is also a man-made lake. I don't think it's natural. So Mm. yeah, it's very small. Actually, it's more like a pond, but I would say that that was the best thing about the neighborhood that I grew up in because uh, in the summer we could go fishing and boating on the lake. One of my neighborhood friends had a little paddle boat, like a rowboat, and we would go out and row the boat around the lake and go fishing and catch little bass fish that are just very small. (laughs) Were there a lot of fish? Could you catch them easily or it took hours? Very easily. Uh, Actually, the local government would stock the lake so they would put fish in the lake at the start of the fishing season oh, that's and cool. yeah it was very easy to catch them but you wouldn't want to eat them first of all they were too small to eat and second of all that lake was pretty nasty like a lot of <laughs> seaweed and algae and water plants and so yeah the water was very murky and not good for swimming or anything but in the winter We could go ice skating on the lake. It would freeze over and we could play ice hockey, my favorite. Or sometimes we'd even go ice fishing on the lake as well. So (gasps) Ice fishing, that sounds exciting. Yeah, yeah, it was really fun. I mean, I think that was the most defining feature of my community just because I lived like in a classic North American suburb where all of the houses really looked the same and... There wasn't really too much else in in my subdivision. I mean, there's a lot of housing, but if you wanted to go shopping, for example, you would have to walk for like 30 minutes to get to the nearest store. And there weren't really any you know, restaurants or convenience stores even close to my house. I think the nearest convenience store was probably like a 15 or 20 minute walk away as well. So... 
This is what life in the suburbs is like sometimes in North America. We say it's kind of bland and kind of boring,、uh, but thankfully we had the lake there to、um, give us some entertainment and to keep us occupied. <laughs> Andrew, I actually do have one question about your neighborhood.、Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm from the countryside, and you're from the suburbs, so it's not. Really, a city, city. In the countryside, a lot of people leave their doors unlocked. Like their cars are unlocked, their houses are unlocked. There's not really much theft, so nobody's worried about you know burglaries or crimes. How about in the suburbs? Did anybody leave their doors unlocked? I think when I was growing up there. Probably fifty percent of the doors would be open if you walked up to the front door and tried to open it. But I remember one of my buddies from the neighborhood. His parents worked often, so his parents would always be at work. So when we got off of school and we would go over to his house,、uh, he would always have to have the door key hidden under a rock in his front yard.、Mm. So I think that maybe answers the question. Like his parents didn't. Trust the neighborhood enough when they were at work that they would lock the door and then leave the key for their son under a rock. So yeah, I, I don't know. That was like something in Canada that I heard a lot growing up. Like Canadians don't lock their doors because they're so trusting of their neighbors.、Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that was actually true. I, I would say it's like maybe partially true. But now these days, I think it's. Absolutely not true. I think.、Mm, yeah. <laughs> I think everybody locks their doors, and everybody is suspicious. You know, people have security cameras, and deadbolts, and so a lot has changed. <laughs> a lot has changed. Yeah. <laughs> But y- you would leave your doors open at-, at home. Yeah. When I was a kid, I think it's also changing. In the countryside nowadays too, but yeah, when I was younger, I mean, my dad would just leave his truck keys literally in the ignition all night. Anybody <laughs> could steal it. <laughs> Very trusting. Yeah, I, I don't think my parents ever went that far, but yeah, these days, I think even if the crime rates haven't really changed too much. Maybe because of social media, and we can see like videos on YouTube of people breaking into cars or breaking into houses really easily now.、Mm. People are a lot less trusting, so、uh, definitely car alarms, house alarms,、uh, locks. It's it's a good、uh, time to be in the security business, I suppose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, Cassie, I think we will wrap this conversation up here. But it was fun to learn more about the community that you grew up in, and I want to thank everyone for tuning into this episode and studying English with us, guys. You did a great job. Thank you for spending some English listening time and practice time with us today. Now you know about where Andrew and I grew up, but we want to hear about you. What kind of place did you grow up in? Let us know by sharing your story with us on social media or in the comment section or the discussion forum on Qlips.com. We'll be back soon with another brand new Qlips episode, and we'll talk to you then. Goodbye. 
See ya!